0: This episode of The Clear Out was recorded on the 22nd of June 2022 at home in Wicklow. And in it, I present the second part and concluding part of my interview with Ashleen Cregan. Ashley Cregan is a Dublin woman. She grew up in Dublin in the 1970s in a traumatic home uh, and was subject to horrific. Uh, instances of abuse Ashling has recorded her experiences and how she survived them in a brilliant brilliant book called I am someone and she came to the clear out, to share her story to talk about it and we really had a, a good look at her her journey and how she survived it all and emerged into adulthood as a compassionate, functional grown-up. So in this week's episode we will continue with Aisling's story and you'll hear more about her mother um, who was the main antagonist in her life and you'll hear also about her first long term relationship um and how she came to realise that she was gay and how she met her life partner. We talk about Ashleen's art and ultimately we talk about her her hopes for the book and how it is an artifact of not just her experience but it's an artifact of advocacy and A commitment to to truth telling and to owning one's own narrative, Uh, and I value that highly, and clearly, Ashleen does as well. So, here you go, part two of my interview with the Pebble Girl, artist, author, and abuse survivor, Ashleen Cregan. Enjoy.
1: I thought of my remedial teacher. I thought, yeah, she believed in me. Exactly. She believed in me. We only need one person as, as a child, a teenager, whatever it is, to believe in you. Be it a parent, mm. it doesn't matter. Your doesn't matter. Uh, a schoolmate, uh, whatever it is, one person, one person. And it's like it's like when somebody says something negative to us, it can be quite. Deb- they may not realize the power mm. of that word. Yeah smash
0: you of course but this is smash and that's, that's when I spoke when I said, when I said a moment ago like yes. the, the drama of the of the story like just what you were saying I've you know graduated from the remedial class yes. run home just with yes. your, your your sense of pride yes. your sense of achievement yes. burst in the door yes. mammy yes. look what I've done yes. and the mug of hot tea comes flying across yes. the room and just misses you yes. only because you moved that's right and that that you know this back and forth of your little kind of micro triumphs getting over a little hill of your own sort of like who am i am i going to be worth anything is mammy right you know you seem to have instinctively known i don't think she is right there's a terrible unfairness and injustice to the way i'm being treated then life you know takes away your dad and you're like i'm on my own here my older siblings who you know again like they come across really well in the story you know, your brother taking you into town to get absolutely. some new clothes, yeah. Yeah. being able later when you were older to go over to your, one yeah, of your sister's absolutely. houses. Yeah. Um, and yet, of course, ultimately, you were on your own yes. in the torment and in these horrible situations that were happening. Um, and, you know, uh, and again, like to, to revisit some of the, the, the specifics and to revisit your mother's inability, I suppose, to protect you from herself. I mean, I suppose that's a very compassionate way to describe what was going on for her. But really, you know, the, the it's one thing I suppose to have a family member being abusive to you, and that's horrible enough as it is, and damaging and traumatic enough as it is. But then, when that same family member opens the door to strangers coming into the house, mm, mm. and this was where the sexual abuse happened, mm, mm. and you're thinking, wow, I found myself going, like, what? For me, the the, the damaging behaviour is in direct proportion to the individual's pain, I suppose. Mm. So, like, the depth of your mother's anger, her, her own mental health trauma, like, must have been so extreme that the, you know, the bounce-back to what you experienced and what you suffered the neglect and the not being you know not being allowed to be A child yeah and not being not feeling safe and of course that, that that truism of being the child of alcoholics where you become the parent you become someone who's the caregiver mm-hmm. um, and you were doing that in an extremely volatile attritional situation um, but again I, I mean it, it's I'm not sure if there's a question in this, but it's the the, the fact that you kind of emerged and somehow held on to your your what your drive your your conviction your sense of you know what the remedial teacher gave me hope I'm not a dummy I can do this and you haven't even mentioned it yet uh, in, in 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 our chat but before you ended up training as a counselor or psychotherapist and achieving those qualifications, you you followed your love of art and went to art college. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, you you, you 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 know you had some setbacks with your health um, but you, you did it and you 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 emerged on the other side of that you know having gone through, you know, the highest level of education fundamentally.
1: But you know, it's funny, Dara My, one of my, I had this drive, this drive, yes, when I had three breakdowns or whatever. I had this drive to survive. I never wanted to, you know, I didn't have the big, I didn't want the big house, I didn't want big fancy cars, I Mm -hmm. didn't want a big fancy, I didn't want big fancy anything. All I wanted was a little cottage in the Wicklow Hills. And when I looked out my bedroom window, in the distance I could see the Wicklow Hills. And I thought to myself, that was my focus. Mm. When I'm when I'm big enough and when I'm big enough to earn money, you know, to buy a little shell of a cottage in the Wicklow Hills, that's where I'm going. I am going to have a little dog and a little cat and grow a few vegetables. Didn't matter where I worked as long as it was enough to, you know, pay the bills and mortgage or all, all the rest of it. Now, I didn't have there was no other partner in that picture because I just couldn't even that was just too far out there. That was my that was my drive and that that kept me going that kept me going and you know what i would say to people to young people in particular you know find your focus whatever your focus is find it never let it go Mm. never let it go you know as regards college i wasn't thinking of you know what should i do you know maybe i should do something that would yield loads of money when i work yeah my passion was art yeah so I, i wanted to go to art college I didn't think I was going to get it. I didn't think okay, I wasn't thinking I need to get a real fancy job at the end of it, I just wanted to do what I loved, yeah. you know, and that's the other thing I would say to people, follow your heart, follow your passion, you know, if your passion is music and you want to go to music school, it doesn't mean you'll end up in a big, uh, you know, uh, may not end up in something like you too, but yeah. go for it yeah go for it because you know what it'll either happen or it won't help you know what i mean what's the work you're not going to die if it doesn't yeah. happen i knew what it was like to have that feeling of i could die here because there were plenty of instances when i was a child that especially with the uh, situation with the butcher's knife i could have died so that's why anything else was a bonus yeah my my bar in life was always very low yeah but actually I think that's a good thing because I have no sense of failure
0: yeah
1: I have no sense of failure you know it fails you know yeah. everything's a bonus failed the leaving yeah. cert failed first year in college failed a driving test failed, failed. but actually failed isn't a good word I, I think failed should be taken out of the English language anyway mm-hmm. because I always learned so much from those sure. those instances and I learned from them and I, I just pulled up my boot strings and there was no question about it go for it again yeah go for it keep going for it yeah just keep going for it yeah until you get it Do you know so never let it go and don't let anybody discourage you from doing anything you know it's like my thesis in in, in college the the uh, um college had a, a bit of a uh, they had a meeting actually yeah they, <laughs> they, they, they weren't quite
0: sure what to make of you they, were they,
1: they at times you know what they were encouraging me i wanted to write a thesis on, um on, on a particular subject anyway and and uh, they said, no, 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 look, would you not, Ashling, would you not just write something about maybe this or, this or this? And I'm going, no, just, I said, just bear with me. To be honest with you, Dara, again, I was willing to fail. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the word. I was, I wanted, because I was passionate about the subject, I just went for it. Yeah. I wasn't concerned about the grade as such while I was doing it. Yeah. I just thought, no, I'm just going to do this. And I was delighted I, was, I did it. And actually, it worked out really well. The the academic staff were, were um, yeah, they, they, um, they were delighted with it too. Yeah, because it was the, um, the fantasy act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, the phenomenon. Look, I just thought it was interesting. Um, So yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. That's what I'd like to try and encourage people to do. It's not about big achievements in life. Mm. It's about following your dream because we've one shot in yeah. this world, and we're here. We've one. We are here for a reason, but we have one short little shot at it. That's it. Go for it go for it.
0: No, I agree I, I couldn't I couldn't especially agree now with the whole
1: covid thing. I mean look, I, I think a lot of people have uh, changed their outlook on life and uh, people are downsizing their sure. houses, they're they're buying their camper vans. People are now living in just different situations. Yeah, it, it, This rat race it, is, is it gave
0: gave people an opportunity to yes. have a bit of a think and yeah. uh, maybe change some of their priorities. Yeah, yeah. Um I was going to ask you as well, um so around that time our college you know, finally sort of getting a little bit of independence. You know, you had the part-time job, you worked, you made your money for your your fees and your material costs, although I think one of the academics came to your aid at some point. Oh, that's right. Um, But you were also around that time or just after you graduate from art college you're you sort of starting to negotiate your own um, sexuality that's as right. well cuz right and it, it, you, you were in a long time uh, long term relationship with a, a fella that's right and he emerges with, you know with great credit I think in the, I, the book he's to, he just seemed to be such a stalwart he's, and he was is. just with you through thick and thin and he still is and sort fantastic of fantastic friend it seemed in this you know in, on your journey when you were like I actually think um, this is you know this is not where I'm meant to be I'm not meant to be in a mm. heterosexual relationship yes. and you, you kind of emerged from that with his blessing And it was mm. just, I mean you did seem to have this great good fortune on, on one level oh, right, absolutely. of you know like yeah. the remedial teacher like uh, the guy he's Tom yeah. in the book yes. isn't it um, yes. but ultimately your heart led you somewhere else didn't yes. it yes
1: it's funny you know when When I met Tom, actually, I was working in a diner at the time and the girls were saying to me for weeks, you know, you know, Tom is in again. It's your Tom fancies you. And I was going, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know what? I was so, I I just, I was so focused on, okay, just where I had had to earn enough money just to pay this, pay that, to do, to do, to do. And, you know, I was actually, that's right. I took the year out that time because I had to save money to repeat for the Leaving Cert. So I just had my head down. I was working. I wasn't concentrating on anything else. Anyway, Tom asked me out. And we went to Dangerous Liaison. And yeah. uh, I just knew when I met him, he was just a good egg. Yeah. It's the only way you can describe him. Yeah, Good sure. egg. And you know to this day, Dara, if I was hanging over a cliff, or you were hanging over a cliff, and uh, if Tom gave you a branch, you'd grab it. Yeah. He's a good egg. Um, so... Yeah, but what I'm saying is, I suppose during our relationship, um, we were together for seven years. Um, you know, it was while I was when we were together, I was going through our college and all the rest. And again, I was just head down, head down, head down, just trying and get through this. Just, just you know, focus. I could only really kind of focus on one thing at a time. Our relationship ended up as a it was a, a more of a friendship. Yeah. But I just I I didn't actually have to. I never sat down and actually thought about our relationship. Sure. It was just. Work at the weekends in college, then during the week. Do you know this was yeah. it? And I was going off to my mother's a lot. That's right. Um, at the weekends as well, um, to do a lot of her DIY and stuff. Yeah. Because uh, she was just getting, she was getting a lot of arthritis at that stage.
0: So yeah, you sort of picked up the uh, the DIY mantle, um, and it's clear from other things you said, th- in, you know, in the book, that your mother, um, you know was kind of handy and like you know would do her own repairs and fix things around the house, and we referred to the the lawnmower. Uh, story earlier um and if, unless i've misremembered you've sort of carried on that you know as you've gone on in your life you know getting your hands dirty and getting on to things again This kind of this practical um get it done kind of thing um that that presumably came from you from your mother so i suppose it struck me listening to the story and i know i've cut across you here but in a way, you know, you, again, it's, I think it's to your great credit that your sort of, your care or your capacity for sort of care and compassion, you were able to return to your mother, even though it was still, even at that stage, whatever you were, I guess, nineteen twenty or so, still wasn't a particularly safe place to go to, but you were fronting up and going, no, she's getting older, you know, arthritis, there's a physical kind of diminishment now, it was clear from a few years earlier that at a certain point you were kind of you, you had become a physical match for her, even though she was still able to level you, um, you know, emotionally, psych psychologically. Um, but I suppose in a way, she may have been she may have been less intimidating on a physical level, mm-hmm. even though quite tricky mm-hmm. to to go and spend time with because you just mm-hmm. don't know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. But you were saying like you were. In the relationship with uh tom but you seem to be needed more to help your mother so um and, and you, you know you said before that yourself and tom maybe the, the, by the by the end of the relationship and I, i'm not clear where in the chronology this is but you ultimately became more like friends um so sorry go on where were you where were yeah. you Can't go with that
1: no i was you know i was just thinking there when when you were speaking that while I'm, Mammy wouldn't have been as physically intimidating at that stage because she was getting older um, psychologically she was still a very strong strong woman and, and could be very intimidating Yeah. but the fact was she was getting older and more dependent and the reason I went over I took over all the she did all the DIYs you know um, up until she, she just got to the point where she couldn't with arthritis so I took over the reins there and the reason I did that, Dara, was so that she wouldn't be taken advantage of. You know, mm. you'd have these guys knocking on the door saying, mm. oh, look, I'll power hose your this, and your that, and the other, and sure, give me 700 or 800 euro or whatever. I did all that. And and I and look, it wasn't just for her. I, I just, I hate the idea of any older person getting, getting you know... Exploited. Taking advantage or, yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. So, um. It actually worked out really well, you know. So when I was over there, but look, I always got a sense of the atmosphere when I walked into the house, you know. If things weren't good, I just went away. And if things were okay, I'd stay and I would just, yeah, I'd sit and have a cup of tea with her for 20 minutes and then I'd just lash into the jobs, you know. And I could be there for eight, nine hours and then have another cup of tea at the end and I'd go on. So look, it was a win-win. She was absolutely delighted that I was helping her out. Yeah. And I was delighted that, that, look whatever happened in the past, you know, I, you know, I, I just couldn't stand the idea of her being taken advantage mm. of, like I say. Um, so, so yeah, when she, um, when she got sick then, when she got sick, then later she was diagnosed with, with, um, three tumors of the bowel. And, uh, basically we were told she wasn't, um, yeah, I mean, it was quite serious, you know, we, we didn't know if she was going to make it or not. So I moved back into my mother's house yeah, well. for uh, for a couple of months um, to look to basically to it to must have been challenging
0: to be living in there again. It
1: was now look I knew she wasn't going to be there because she was in the hospital yeah. and then she went on to the respite center it was very challenging but I suppose yeah it was very very challenging um, but look I went over I was just very practical about it I, I maintained the house I was looking after the bills um, I I, I Went over to look after my brother as well, and um, he was in. Um, you know he had left. He had left his residential, um, unit at the time, and he was he was in a um, he was in a daycare.
0: Because he had did he have again am I am I correct did he have like an intellectual disability? That's right. Or, that's yeah. right. Mild intellectual disability.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, very independent guy. Fantastic personality. Yeah. Very talented. But look, just just needs uh, he needs a lot of support as well. Yeah. So yeah, so Tom was yeah. very supportive, and uh, he he said, look, I'm going to give you all the space you need. Sure. Really supportive. Um, but I asked him, look, just just stay away. You just stay in the flat. and well, you've you, been you together, what you... like three or four years at that stage, was it? Gosh, um 90, 90. Oh no, we were together. We were together. Um, Actually, we were together a few years now. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. A long time, actually. I think we were probably together about six years at that stage. Yeah, okay. Yeah, about six years. But it was only when I was in my mother's house for those few months that I started to reassess my life. Mm. That I actually stopped physically and started to think about my own life. And I came across in Dublin. Yeah and you know the ads and, yeah, and I saw yeah. this ad for, uh, for First Out and uh, it was you know f- for meetings monthly meetings for people who are exploring their sexuality or you know um, they just wanted to go and meet meet yeah. people and you know I thought to myself I suddenly start to think about my own sexuality and I thought yeah. you know what I, I don't really know yeah I, I can't really label myself as as heterosexual because we
0: yeah we didn't we haven't mentioned it but yes. you're very clear on it you know describing yourself uh, as a young girl that you right. had this kind of tomboy personality that's right. yes. you liked the short haircut yes. you got a kick out of being mistaken for yes. a boy that's right Far- and you know and it's not to you know bloody you know gender stereotype yeah, yeah, what type yeah. of play is masculine and yeah, feminine yeah. but you were pretty <laughs> a uh, rough and tumble and yeah. you were hanging out with the guys you weren't really interested in you know the dresses that's and right. the, the, you know the dollies that's right um so you know that was you know that was just your normal and that yeah. was your you know you'd have no reason to put it in any sexual terms as yes. a kid yes but you maybe yes. had this kind of, yeah, you know, I, re- reflection or I, reckoning looking when you, back... when you found yourself back in the house.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so what I did was, look, I spoke to Tom. Yeah. About this, and I said, look, I I need to explore this a wee bit further. Yeah. Um, and so I, I said to him, look, I'm going to go to one of these these first step meetings and just see see what it's about and and, and just chat to people and uh, ex- explore you know this this area more. Um and you know, i did i went to one of those meetings and uh actually it was a very quiet night that night only one person turned up and funny enough when i walked through the door it sounds bizarre but i said to myself that's the woman i'm going to spend my life with Isn't and bad? 25 years later yeah, yeah, we're 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 still together. Still getting on. Uh, still getting
0: on. <laughs> <laughs> still put nobody together.
1: Still, yeah, she's still tolerating me. And
0: here is it. Before, I mean, I I want to hear more about that. Um, because of course that's that's your now life. That's the life that you've you know that that, that you've, you've you came into and have stayed in. Uh, in terms of you know your relationship and part of your happiness, your world, but I was very curious to ask you and and you know tell me if this is going too far. Yeah, but. Coming out of the, you know, the physical abuse, coming out of the unsafe intimate relationships, coming out of the horrendous instances of sexual abuse uh, at the the hands of these strangers that your mother would bring home after a night of drinking, how did you negotiate sexual intimacy with... Mm. was, was, Was Tom... The first person you found yourself being intimate with. Mm. That was, I mean, I I don't know. know, Mm. What was that journey? How difficult was that to negotiate? Like, I'm going to allow somebody to touch Mm. me, to Mm. hold me. I'm going Mm. to be vulnerable with this person. Mm. What was, you know, because it's not something you go into in the book. But I found myself wondering about that. Because like that's, you know, one of the legacies of extreme trauma is dissociation is the inability to connect with other people, the inability to feel, to be in your body. Yes. And yes. is that something that you feel like you recognised or went through yourself?
1: Yes. I have to say... I mean, after the the physical and psychological trauma I had, you know, living, living in my mother's house, I it comes across very hard but i warned tom um the very first day i think it was we moved into the flat i said if you ever ever touch me as in you know slap me or hit me or yeah. be you know physically violent towards me or hostile yeah hostile i said um, <laughs> but I actually said to him, I'll throw it through the window. <laughs> so yeah. I'm saying to him, if you were ever take i you through that window. You were ready to protect yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, I needed to say from the off, Yeah. I wasn't willing to tolerate, I wasn't willing to tolerate any any, any abuse or mind games from anybody. I was going to say, it
0: would have been, I mean, it's not inconceivable, because of course people will repeat patterns, so many, but, but the idea that, Like, I mean, Jesus, I mean, it's amazing to hear you say that. So I'm thinking, oh my God, you're so lucky that you have the strength to go, I'm not going to let someone have the psychological hold over me. No, no. So, and because of that psychological hold not being there, I have the bloody confidence, the strength to go, don't ever mistreat me, don't yeah. me no I'd had enough or I'll, I'll go
1: through yeah. no I, I had had enough yeah. I really and I know that comes across that sounds very aggressive but that is what I said to him at the time so I'll throw is, is it up. aggressive or is it assertive well look I wouldn't have thrown him through <laughs> you know and now he's he, and he just looked, he looked at me I mean he had he had met my mother numerous times at mm. that stage and he said "Ashling, I know and I, I knew I was in safe hands yeah. with him I really did I really did and I didn't feel you know I didn't feel I was never intimidated or scared or or vulnerable you know with him yeah I felt very safe with him I really did Mm. Um. I did I felt very safe with him and and yet he wasn't overprotecting or sure you know he wasn't mollycoddling me or anything like that but the thing was, he was fantastic with my mother because he was able to challenge her. Mm. He didn't put up with any, you know. She pushed him and pushed him and pushed him. Yeah, interesting. But he's 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 hugely um, he loves poetry and writing and all the rest. And sure mammy loved having conversations yeah, so with him around that, that. But way. yeah, she she did uh, she she pushed him to. F- points at various times and he was well able to stand up to her yeah you know and then she admired him for that yeah but uh, it? he didn't feel he he never felt which i really admire him for that he never felt he had to protect me from her yeah you know he knew i was able to kind Mm. of stand on my own uh two feet so yes i mean i i did i loved him dearly and i have to and i do still love him dearly and we're actually great friends, you know, the four of us, himself, yeah. and his wife, himself, and, and uh, Susan would often meet up and, you know, go for a walk or something to eat or whatever. But, yeah, the intimacy, like I say, we were more or less... Gosh, we were more or less just like friends, in the, yeah. you know, in the end. And, 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 and it was okay. And it was a very comfortable place to be in, yeah. you know, for both of us. Yeah. And it was only later then when when... I met Susan, some people are still surprised, what, you were going out with this guy for seven years? And I was saying, yeah, and they were saying, well, did you not know you and I'm saying, well, I just happened to fall, I I, I don't get into this, you know, I'm a lesbian artist, right? Sure. I don't, I honestly think, you know, I just happened to fall in love with a woman.
0: Yeah, grand.
1: Do you know, it's, it's, yes, I, I ca- yes, I'm gay, but I can't see myself, you know, falling in love with a uh, guy down the road. I, I'm committed to my partner and sure. that's the end of it. But yeah, I I happened to fall. I didn't think about, Jesus, this is a woman. Or this, I'm a gay, you know, I just, I fell, uh, I fell deeply, deeply in love yeah. with this person and it happened to be a woman. And that kind of just took care of itself in a way, you know, didn't it? it does. But yeah. the thing about it was, I was so respect. well, of course I had to be, I needed to respect and be gentle with Tom through yeah. that process. Yeah. And so, I never let anything go for weeks or days even, like every single day I spoke to Tom about this. And I was standing there. I said, listen, I, I want to go to a gay bar and just see what that, yeah. and he was, yeah, let's go. He said, yeah, not go for it, but i yeah. was saying, look, if that's what you need to do, I'm not gonna stand in your way, you know? And so it made that transition when we split up. Of course, it was very traumatic for him, it must have been, and especially for him to watch me getting ready to go out to meet another woman. Yeah. You know, it must have been extremely difficult. Um but yeah but, but he, it sounds like
0: I mean it's not explicit in the book, but it sounds like Tom just had an intuitive emotional intelligence.
1: Absolutely. Oh listen, he's he's an incredible guy. Yeah. Incredible guy. Um incredible guy. There's nothing, you know he he's not a match you know what I mean? It's yeah. just yeah, like I say, he's a good egg. Yeah, you know, I mean, very intuitive. And you know, I don't think he was that surprised to be honest with yeah. you either. Yeah, and look and, you know,
0: and it is you know, I know, I know you, you chose what to put in the book, yeah, but yeah. it certainly, I didn't get the impression at any point that, you know, you know, negotiating your sexuality was a, a huge big deal for you. I mean, I just feel like yeah, you, you have bigger fish to fry, like recovering yes. from your childhood trauma. Yes recovering from the abuse yes. you know following your dream to become you know an artist mm. if, you know if not that you necessarily need to go mm. to college to be validated mm. as an artist mm. um and then it just seems like when you met susan that one night was like oh yeah okay it was like oh yeah of course mm. almost that that this yeah. is who i'm meant to be with yeah um and, you know, a great stroke
1: of good fortune. Oh, look, and it, look, it wasn't because she was the only person. There was the facilitator. <laughs> and there was... It wasn't like, well, but I pick her or her kind of thing? It wasn't like that. Was, you Yeah. Yeah, sure, this is grand. Oh, well, suppose well, this is what it is then. Actually, yeah. look, I don't want to come to a second. Yeah. One of these, so... No, but it was almost like in a spiritual level. But it was also... It was almost like in a spiritual level more than a, a, a sexual attraction. Sure. In a strange way. It was just... Straight away, I'm going to draw the line. This is this is the human being that sure. I want to spend on life with. Sure, just the
0: I mean happens to be a woman. The soul connection. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, not that, not, it yes. Might be a bit wet to put no, it that but way, but no, that's that's
1: that's. I mean, I is. think
0: um, the way I think of it, is, and I certainly experienced this with mm. my with my wife, uh, when we got together. Um, we're together about 21 years mm. now, and I think the way I think of it is there's recognition. Mm. and when that it doesn't happen with everybody it can happen in a platonic level yeah. you just meet someone you can feel a connection yeah, yeah. but I think you know, from a romantic point of view um, when it does happen when you're lucky enough to meet someone who responds to you and you respond to them that way and it's not you know it's not lust or physical yeah, desire yeah. there, there could well be a physical yes. attraction yes. but there's something that goes beyond uh, the, 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 the superficial the, yeah. the physical and it is a moment of recognition, and it's often connected to timing, when you meet that person, what you're ready for, what they're ready for, yeah. and it, it's like you know, oh, this these pieces actually fit, yeah, and I'm not, that's not a euphemism for physical things, yeah, yeah, um, I, know, it's just, I know, I know, it's all, and it is kind of magnetic. If you're enjoying what you're hearing on the clear out, in this episode or any other episode you've listened to please give some thought to supporting what i'm doing here if you go to the description of this episode wherever you're listening to the podcast you should find uh, a supporter link and through that link you can make a one-time contribution to the show to support me to support this independent podcast which I put a lot of work into and love doing um, and it would help me enormously to receive any support at all Um, you can also become a patron of the show if you go to patreon.com forward slash the clear out there you can become a regular contributor to the show. For a small contribution, you can help keep this thing going. And the simplest way to think about it is, if this is something that you find entertaining, if it's something that you find valuable, if you find it uplifting, if you find it motivating if you find it diverting or interesting then ask yourself what price would you put on that is it worth a couple of euros in a cup that might be a way to think about it so once again if you like what i'm doing here please just give it some thought You don't have to i understand times are tight for many of us it's a choice but if you have that extra few bob and you think you know what this is actually a quality product and i'm happy to contribute to it the supporter link or else patreon.com forward slash the clear out thanks so much and now back to the show
1: and you know, it's funny, but to me, <laughs> intimacy for me, I wouldn't be terribly romantic, but I mean for me, being romantic would be maybe hanging up a shelf that's been sitting there for weeks. And <laughs> Susan comes home from work and she goes another way and I'd say, Yeah, yeah. that that's yeah. that's up there. That's what I did for you. That's what I did yeah. for you. And nice. and funny, that is my way of expressing, yeah, that is me being intimate yeah. and, and loving and caring and you know, being being a team, meeting each other halfway, and just as you, yeah, as you say, just just fitting into each yeah. other, being there for each other, and trusting and.
0: De- describing what you just described, the the putting up of the shelf, and you're kind of going just being me, and I just thought, well, it's another way to understand intimacy is yeah. being given the space to be yourself, yeah. um, oh. which is like the ultimate kind of it's the ultimate oh. approval it's the ultimate compliment to go you know
1: yeah and you know what it's funny but yes Susan would often say to me you don't take anything from me yeah and vice versa you know we could sit I, I find it difficult to be with too many people for too long sure you know I'm very much like my own company yeah, I love other people's company you know I love this interaction uh, one or two people is, is great in a room but too many, and it just yeah, I, I just get a bit overwhelmed, and a, a bit apart from the fact I, I find it difficult then to, to orientate what sure. people are saying because I'm half yeah. deaf. But yeah, I could be in a room with my partner for for a whole day and not feel crowded, or not feel oh, I need to go and get some space. Yeah, we don't take anything from each other, mm. and that to me is intimacy as well.
0: And there's a tremendous ease yeah. with that. That's and to be yourself. Yeah,
1: you know, and to belch. Yeah. to have a scratch or whatever it is do you know, do you know to, to be to, the animal that you to are. be the creature then but that's it Darryl. we're creatures to now be listen, the creature that speaking of
0: creatures let's segue because I, I, I feel we, I, I, like we are we're, we're drifting towards the natural end wow. of this lovely lovely chat yes yes. we haven't spoken about your art right yeah. and you know just making our jokes there about creatures and, and, and yeah. looking, at, looking at the calendar here on the wall yeah. uh, a lovely picture of a horse And this motif of, you know, the the horse features, horses feature in your story as a kid. There's a little lovely, playful thing with your dad and going in the van with him. Yeah. And, you know, the jiggy-jiggy, you know, in the passenger seat. Yeah. Um, And then your relationship with, you know, with with nature and with horses. And, you know, you referred earlier to, you know, the outdoor life with archery I saw on your... Your Instagram right. feed, um, was like, oh nice, nice, yeah. um, and horses going to stables, but you know, in your um, and also, there's an incident in in your in your book where you fall off a horse. That's right. You lose, a, you know, you lose control That's of the right. gallop, and you're thrown. And there's an instructor that basically goes get your arse back in that oh, horse, yeah. and you're like whoa, yeah. And afterwards, they take you aside and go, you know, if you didn't get back up today, you might never have got back on a horse. That's it. And again it's a bit of a analogy yeah it, you know, it is it's a metaphor and it's an analogy it for is. you know in, in karate we t- you know I, I, I've spoken a lot about the the idea of recovery the mm. idea of you've just been smacked you've just been put on the ground what's your next move mm. what are you going to do are you going to stay on the ground or are you going to get back up mm. and present again mm. um, and to me like that's the that's the challenge mm. you know life can be punishing mm. We can punish ourselves. Mm. You know, do you get back up on the horse? Do you stand back up and step into the mm. arena and go, Okay, I'm still here, I'm gonna yes. I'm gonna engage again. Yes. and um, now that's obviously analogous to you know, recovery, mm. to triumph of the spirit, mm. to resilience, to personal determination, to victory over demons, over trauma, all of that stuff. And yet Let's move away from that idea and just look at the simple aesthetic beauty of, of a of of a horse, and that's what I found. I was looking at your art on the the new Irish artists website, and mm. I was looking at the art you've shared on your your Instagram mm. page, and you know it's not all it's you know it's not all horses by any means. Mm. Um, there's you know there's figurative stuff, there's mm. abstract stuff, um. And, oh, and lovely art, by the way. Mm. I found myself very moved by certain pieces I was looking at and certain um, textures you were sort of conveying. But, you know, I do like... I you know I did find myself attracted to some of the pieces that feature a solitary horse mm. and sometimes the horse is there in silhouette. Um, uh, you, know, you know, very lightly coloured in... Um, and it, it 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 it's a very evocative figure. There's something about the lone horse mm-hmm. in a landscape mm-hmm. that's very evocative. Mm-hmm. Now, having read your story and having revisited some you know parts of it last night, knowing you were coming here today, I I found myself and this you know you can just kick me right out mm-hmm. of the room if you want, mm-hmm. but I was kind of going Jesus, like <laughs> you know I found me going oh, is the horse is the horse your dad? is is that is that one iteration of what the horse represents to you I found myself wondering what, is that, what do you think of that that's
1: actually very interesting it's really interesting um, I actually never thought of it that way yeah I never thought of it that way but funny enough when I do think of horse yeah I do actually think of daddy yeah I do think of daddy because he absolutely loved horses and he was the one that he introduced me to horses. Yeah. And you know, I have this thing about he always wore his Chelsea boots and I can actually see him on a horse now wearing his Chelsea boots. Yeah. And I wear Chelsea boots, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um that's actually very good analogy actually, yeah. I, I think you could be right. Um the horse to me just just it's it's look, it's oh, it's the adrenaline I get when I go riding is is like nothing else that rush of adrenaline mm. is like nothing else and it's that sen- it's the fact that you know the horses as you know will, will sense your fear they'll sure. sense your and the thing is daddy had no fear mm. he always he took chances you know yeah. um, he took chances he had no fear and it wasn't always a good thing Yeah. but I admired that in him that he would go for it yeah. thinking he was a bit like the cat you know that I spoke yeah, yeah, earlier he exactly. just didn't analyse things or he wasn't afraid of the consequences yeah so he took he took chances and
0: uh, which is I mean that's uh, like I can see that as being like an antidote to yeah. the necessary caution that yeah. you had to have as your absolute like that was your code for survival yes. cautious, cautious 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 what's happening who's cautious. in the house is mammy there has her been drinking you know, careful, careful, careful. And actually, you that's know. the
1: thing then, because when I go riding with yeah. a horse, it, it 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 um it's the antidote exactly to yeah. that yeah because they're very dangerous. It, it, horse riding is one of the most dangerous things you sure. can do. Um, and yeah, when I go riding, I'm not a very uh how do you say? Uh, I'm not a very tech technically. I'm not a great rider at all. Yeah. But I will. But I I've only fallen off horse once or twice in my life but I will, I will canter and gallop, no problem. Um, and I've managed to stay on and f- I, I, how would you say, lose myself. Yes. And take that risk. Yeah. And it's, 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 a, yeah, it's, it's a, a, a freedom. My whole body gets, I'm not just going ride, horse sure. riding. On a cellular level, it's yeah. like my body just turns into liquid when I'm on a horse. Yeah. And yeah. of course the horse senses that and and feels safe with me as well you know Mm. so yeah
0: well that's interesting you mentioned you know liquid and the cellular level so i I feel like i was detecting some of that in the paintings that i saw of yours Mm. um on on instagram Mm. um sometimes just you, you seem to have a way of conveying or capturing movement, know. I'm making a gesture here, you can't see it because we're bloody talking, but I'm swirling my fingers uh, in that kind of circular swishing through the air motion and that's what I see in some of Ashling's paintings, this kind of very evocative capturing of, of movement which is and it is, it has a very sort of liquid sense to it and it's very sensual actually is what I felt
1: and you know it's funny Dara because um, when I went for one of the interviews when I was applying for art college you know I was asked uh, if I was on medication yeah. I, I laughed and I said no I said Why, what makes you think that and they said oh you don't have any particular style to your art yes and I thought to myself what you have to have a particular style yeah now I of course look you you see a Van Gogh on the wall, you know, yeah. it's a Van Gogh. Yeah. Um, I don't have a, a particular style, and I'm so glad I don't have a particular style because I can't be put into a box. I can't be labeled. You know, it's been yeah. like the thesis. You know, they didn't know what box to put me into, what category I suppose. My I I don't do sketches. I don't. Uh, I never know when I go into the studio and I paint. I'm like a boxer. Funny enough, Su- Susan would often say to me, "Oh." You're, you're going to paint and I'd say, what? And she'd say, you're, you're, you're not right. You're, uh, yeah, you know, I right. get completely distracted for a couple of days beforehand. Uh, can't focus on anything. And I get into this kind of, I suppose, artistic temperament. I never know what's going to go on a canvas until it's finished. Yeah. And I might go, th- and then I have to walk away and go back the next day. And I might go, Jesus, that looks crap. <laughs> or, wow. I paint, I paint emotion. Mm. I don't. I don't necessarily do like. Yeah, I've done the last while. Funny enough, so forests and that kind of stuff. That's where obviously my my psyche is. Yeah. It's almost like I'm going back, and um, going back to nature, back to back to nature. But yeah, I don't. Um, I have no idea what's going on campus. Um, but I always feel shattered after I've painted because I'm painting from my boots. Yeah. I'm painting from my boots and it's it's almost like <laughs> a cleansing yeah if that makes sense sure so i, I have no idea what colors what whatever and uh, yeah um, but look people can see my, my, my art yeah as 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 you say on, on instagram and facebook and uh, yeah. look uh, people like it and uh, that's that's all. you know that's a bonus as well yeah, i yeah, don't absolutely. i don't paint either to please people um, and I, I, I'm not particularly, f- I, I don't like getting commissions because I feel I, I'm under a kind of a um, Yeah, there's a, there's a pressure. Yeah, in, uh, and, and, and that'll take I you al- away from your natural. Yeah, and inputs. I always feel there's a wee bit of a difference between yeah. the commissions and, and what I would sure. paint naturally. Um, so, yeah, you're right. Painting is, it's, it's my therapy. Yeah. It's my therapy. Yeah,
0: brilliant. Brilliant. Um, and that's, is it cregan.studio?
1: Cre- is- at studio
0: great stuff yeah no, I'll check those out what I'll do is when I put in uh, in the description and the information for this episode I, I might put up a couple of links there do so actually can, do you know, actually and I'm, on new, I'm
1: on New Irish Art as well yes That's exactly right. I'll
0: put yeah, that I'll do that there too. Um, so look the just uh, l- l- let's finish up with mm. your sort of um, your hopes for the book because what you said to me um, before we started speaking today, was that you want you want people to be able to get their hands on this book, who may be in a similar situation to you, you know, maybe who may be in a similar situation to the one you were in as a child, who may have been through a similar experience, um, and the book can be in a way a sort of a look, you can get through this, there is hope, you're not the only one going. Going through, um, you know, this 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 horror. Um, so, just 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 speak to that for a second, if you could.
1: Yeah, I suppose, you know, the thing is, when people, you know, this whole thing of sure move on and that was in the past and all the rest, mm-hmm. like I spoke at the very start, when people don't want to know our story don't want to know who we are Mm. that's the thing and we all have a story I'm not saying I'm not saying to people go write a book or go tell everyone your story I'm just saying we have a right to validate our stories sure in order to help others to maybe have the courage or the tools or not feel as lonely in their own situation you know yeah. if their situation is, is similar and it's I'm hoping yes just to give people that little bit of strength and, and sense of yeah look you're not alone mm-hmm. you're not alone and I mean this 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 story it, it, I mean these these things are happening you know they're happening everywhere they've sure. always happened they're happening now and they always will happen I don't think anything is going to stop that but by more of us talking about our experiences, where you know why should we feel keep that secret and let and let perpetrators continue doing what they're doing? You know it's like when you're a kid, I know you know I've heard stories of people saying when they were kids, their parents would say, "Don't go down to the house down there, don't go down to yeah. that, the yellow house sure, they weren't told why, yeah. They were just told, don't go near the yellow house. Mm. And so if you, if someone did go down to the yellow house and they were uh, abused, sure, it was nearly the kids' fault. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. So the perpetrator just continues doing what they're doing. The community knows what's happening. Yeah. But no, shh, shh, sh- shh, sh- sh- we won't talk about that. So the community knows nothing is done about it. But it's the kids' responsibility not to get into that trap. Sure. And, uh, you know, what... W- w-
0: and then what the, and then you know, the kid is about to feel ashamed yeah because s- oh I did the wrong thing oh they told me not to do that it's my fault so when, know, it's the, the classic victim exactly vein. so yeah. when
1: people don't talk about it the, the kid then relies the kid then learns okay uh, I can't talk about why mm. so then they grow up and they have their kids and maybe they instill in their kids we won't talk about that yeah and, da, 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 da. and that's this generational that's this generational um, issue and that's what that's what I want to throw this banner into sure you know People, somebody needs. People need to. We need to feel safe to tell our story and not be judged. Yeah. You know, there are probably some people. But it's, it's it's listen. I think sorry to cut across no, you, no. but it's I think
0: just on that idea of shame. There's um there can be a, a collective shame. Oh, absolutely. By by you or by one yes. telling their story. Yes. There's an implication. Yes. that's cast on other people yes. there's an implication of of culpability of yes. responsibility yes. of hold on a second how you know you were you were only one step removed yes. where were you in this situation but that's what I you really know?
1: that's actually what I, I, I you know you're not saying that no absolutely no I know that no, 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 I no that I'm yes. not saying that but what I
0: think what I'm saying is that there's you know this idea of a collective shame being imposed on the person who wants to speak yes and you know the idea that you are being told yeah you may feel ashamed and we feel ashamed but we're not going to talk about this mm. and the idea that shame is going to keep you quiet mm. and I, I'm i fully behind you I think yeah. well look at the end of the day each individual has to deal with their thing my shame I'm throwing it away and I'm going to step up and go, I was abused, I was battered. Absolutely. These things happened to me. Absolutely. It was bloody horrible. Absolutely. But here I am. Absolutely. And it, you know, I paid the price. Absolutely. But I'm still here. Absolutely. And I'm not going to apologise for and what happened. And to
1: have the courage to own your story. Yeah. This is my story. I own my story. And I'm sharing my story. You know, and it's not... But look, when if people, you know, read the book... it it clearly comes across it's not a blame book no it's not a victim book you know Yeah. it's a story of survival and strength
0: that's certainly how I received it and I think um, I mean again just to give people specifically an idea it's uh, like it is a book about a really horrific childhood but it is told I think you know what you achieved in your, your prose your voice it's told so straight. It's told in a very unvarnished way. It's and it's very it's, accessible. It's it's yeah you know, certainly it's very accessible. But I tell you what, I think one of the the, the key notes is that there's almost um, a total absence of self pity.
1: I never felt pity as yeah. a child. Funny enough, I yeah. never felt oh did I do something wrong yeah. or she hates me. Never felt any yeah. of that. Strangely enough. That's because I think I was in the caring role. Sure. In a sense. I felt I had to mind. But I
0: tell you what, but I think the effect is um it's one of more immediacy to the story. The the instance, you know, the instances of abuse and violence are all the more stark because there isn't you know, you're not slathering in it in a in a poor me story. You kind of looked at it so sort of frankly, and even as a even as a child there was a certain amount of that capacity there, and oh, you yeah. kind of go, "This is really messed up." And you know your aspiration to either take leave of life with that little razor blade you used to keep in the bed, and what you did to your poor action man with that razor blade. Yeah. Like, oh my God, this is such acting out. <laughs> um, but the um, or else that 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 what you you expressed again and again and again. If I can make it to sixteen or seventeen or eighteen, I can walk. I can get out I can get out the door and take charge of my own life and I won't be you know living under you know this roof and under the threat of violence and abuse and you know you you, you were great at setting yourself goals with the encouragement maybe of the of the experience with the remedial teacher and that's what I found myself crying at reading the book I wasn't crying at the horribleness mm. I was, you don't cry at the hardship cuz your 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 toughness mm even as a reader or even if you've got, you know, similar experiences in your own life, Mm. you you know, toughness makes you close over the jacket. Toughness makes you, you know, go into that that self-protecting shell. It's tenderness and softness and care and consideration that actually opens us up and exposes the raw heart. And, like, I found there was that, you know, there was an incident... After your father had passed, and a teacher just put a little mass card on the table, yeah, yeah. and I just yeah. felt myself balling like tears were streaming down my face because I was like, One person sees you, yeah, one person yeah. gives you that moment to go, yeah. You poor little thing, yeah, you've just lost your dad, yeah, you poor old devil, yeah, and here you go. I'll never forget and yeah. it's a very powerful moment, yes. um, and it was, it's those little moments, these grace notes in the book, yeah. in the story like even meeting Susan That's right. you know coming off the M50 after the breakdown and being kind of you know directed towards some help and care and, and ultimately ultimately I mean the ultimate happy ending you know you get your girl to you get your bloody cottage in the Wicklow Hills I do, you know?
1: but look there there's there's always those bumps, you know. Of course. We still of like course. everybody we still have our arguments. Yeah. Um I still have yeah the the ongoing thing with with the OCD. Yeah. Um because my my norm my norm setting would have been fight or flight. Sure. So my body I actually got very sick last August and I ended up in the hospital for a wee bit because my body just couldn't maintain that fight or flight. Yeah. So um That's what I'm working on at the moment. So look, I'm a work in progress. Yeah, but you know what? I'm alive, and there was never that sense of I never felt sorry for myself as a child because I just didn't have time. Yeah, I had to just be survival. It was was survival. There was no time. The next next battle The next bullet. It was like like being in a battle. Yeah. So yeah.
0: Um, and look, I I I wanted to just ask you earlier. I know Mm. I'm I'm not (laughs) self sabotaging here. I want to we want to wrap it up, but. You never used the diagnosis, I I don't think you referred to it in the book, uh, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, but funny enough, when you were talking earlier about being so wrecked in school, like so Mm -hmm. knackered, Mm -hmm. uh, I just found myself, well, that's not post-traumatic, I mean, because you're in the trauma then, I I found myself going, like, you know, surely, I mean, you tell me, like, is, is that how you've thought of what you've been through you just mentioned earlier about certain uh, stimulation from bright lights, mm. maybe the startle response to loud noises. I mean, they mm. textbook PTSD symptoms. Mm. Is you know, is that language that you use about yourself or have done?
1: Funny, it's not. It's not language I use about myself. I don't. It's. 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 Um. It's. I have. To, I can now name it. You know. Before, I used to have these horrific um, panic attacks and I used to just get terribly nervous and I used to bite my nails down quick. And, That's right, you know, yeah. I, was, I used to shake a lot when I was a kid. Um, I would still look, like I say, and any trauma, it, it hits you in, at a cellular level. Yeah. And I still have that. Um, my body reacts. It can still react as it did when I was a child, but at least now I can put logic behind it and I can name it and say okay that's from you know when I see a leaky pipe that's that's that you know I react to it now and it you know before I used to react to it and go oh my god I'm going to die here because this is what happened there's a situation in the book there where I did nearly die um, and
0: can I just clarify for the listener it wasn't a plumbing incident and it had nothing to do with leaky pipes just in case you're wondering it's uh, yeah, it's quite quite the episode in in, in Aisling's story.
1: So so yeah, so now I can say, okay, there's a leak in the pipe. I need to ring the plumber, and that's yeah. the end of it. Um, but initially, when I see that leaky pipe even to today, my my whole body goes into this. <sighs> yeah. I brace myself, mm-hmm. and it's fight or flight. I'm looking for the door now, and as it as regards doors, anytime, maybe if I go to the cinema, if I go to somebody's house, if I go to a party, or whatever, I always have to have. A way out. Yeah. I have to be as close to the door as possible. Sure. Always. Yeah. Um. So look, that will never leave me. Yeah. But I, I embrace it. I accept it. I'm not fighting it. You know. Yeah. Um. Be nice if right. I didn't have those things, but I do, and i I embrace them. Yeah,
0: that's oh, fantastic. That's well, listen, I'm just kind of, you know, uh, let's remind everyone the the book is called I Am Someone, and you don't have to be qualified uh, as a psychologist or a psychiatrist or Anything like that to understand that this is the re you know the the, the rebuff to the message that Ashley was given as a child by her mother. You're nothing. You never will be. Don't forget that. And it's you know I think the, the, you know Ashling choosing to name the book. It's this assertion of I have overcome and I have survived and I am someone and. Go out and find this book, it's out there. It's in bookshops around the country. If you don't have a few quid to buy the book, go and find it in your local library, it should be there as well. Um, But I hope on the back of listening to Aisling's story today, that you feel moved to to find out more. There's a lot of stuff we didn't talk about that's in the book, a lot of the specifics. Uh, It's a terrific read, it's heartrending. it's moving, but ultimately it's a story that is inspiring and it should motivate you to embrace uh embrace the telling of your story and embrace your embrace your own kind of if you have them if you have your traumas and your demons to to get them out there to share them to look at them because what it is ultimately i believe and i, and I know from talking to you here today ashley mm-hmm. um it is it is laying down a path. Yes. It is, you know, it's it's Hansel and Gretel in the woods. It's putting down the crumbs. It's um, you know, the pebbles. Let's go back ah, to the pebbles. Because yeah. we all know the birds at the crumbs. Very good. So it's it's Ashleen's pebbles, and it's laying down the path to kind of go. It's okay. Yes. There's a way. There's a way to negotiate this. There's a way to deal with it. There's a way to transcend it. There's a way to emerge and. Recover, and to own the stories and you're and not alone you're not alone exactly you're not alone and it can be it can be overcome you may not be perfect it's it's, it's you know contrary to what I said you know what I joked about moments ago it, it, you know, it probably won't be a Hollywood ending but this is the key idea I think it's it's survivable and you can live well on the other side of it
1: and life is um, worth living. Yeah,
0: big time, big time. Well, that's that is a that's a great note to finish on. So, Ashling, thank you so much for coming in. This has been fantastic. It's been a bit intense in places, uh, but you're 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 brilliant and you're brave, and it's a great story. And we I, I wish you nothing but the best, and I really hope for a. Uh, you know the success you want this book to be and we're not talking about book sales necessarily we're talking about you know reaching the right people and the story reaching the right people and hopefully being being of use to them and being of service to them and giving them a little bit of hope
1: Dara, thank you so much and look i really appreciate you giving me this opportunity you know to to speak and yeah to to reach out there and and share share my story with people
0: fantastic well yeah as, as I said a story well worth sharing alright thanks a lot Ashley. mind yourself and hopefully uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon absolutely yeah. thank you Dara cheers that was me talking to Ashling Cregan and I really had uh, a good time with Ashley. we we connected um, very naturally on 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 this subject matter Um and i really hope it's of uh, of interest of course but of, of use to anyone who might find it difficult to 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 talk about this kind of thing to talk about childhood trauma to talk about abuse to talk about being victimized um what struck me uh was just how composed and at peace Ashling was um with regard to the telling of her story. Um I'm sure I'm sure she had to negotiate quite a lot to come to that place of I'm gonna put this down in print, I'm gonna make it public record and I'm going to then do what she did with me and talk to people in public forums. Um and share the story expand on it um it's not a small thing but i certainly would relate on just in terms, not like not the specific experiences ashley had but certainly in terms of speaking about um vulnerability speaking about um periods of instability speaking about my own um experience of depression you know periodic depression habitual depression in my life and what i've found over the years is the more i've been open about that the the easier it has been to speak about it um the more i've been open about feelings of as i said vulnerability feelings of anxiety feelings of self-doubt whatever whatever they they, you know whatever way it manifests itself um the more I've spoken about it as it's arisen the easier it's been the less I judge myself for it the less I feel there's a stigma around it and it's very liberating and it allowed it has allowed me to sort of shed certain baggage and certain habits and escape certain patterns um in my own uh, internal landscape um and i i commend aisling for for what she's done so once again if you want to go and experience ashleen's story go and buy or go and borrow i am someone by ashleen cregan published by gill books you'll be able to get your hands on a copy i'm sure and it is a great read and it is it's it's ultimately a very positive book it's a it's it's a book of overcoming it's a book of transcending uh extreme difficult extremely difficult circumstances it's a book of forgiveness and it's a book about moving on while while avoiding denial um and while owning one's while owning one story and Ashley has done that really really well now if any of what you've heard has been disturbing confronting provocative unsettling uh there are going to be I'll put links as I did last week there'll be links in the description uh for for irish uh services connected to um abuse survivors offering support to abuse survivors Um, have a look in the description if those links might be of interest to you or of use to you okay so so that's it what a what a great experience um so grateful for asking to for coming in and chatting with me and i hope you got something from it yourselves so there you go um yeah as always you can throw me some responses some love some reaction on social media the clear out podcast is on youtube it's on facebook it's on instagram the clear out 2 that's the digit 2 uh, is on twitter and should you be the kind of person who likes to email your thoughts or your suggestions you can email me at the clear live at gmail.com and i'd welcome all communications okay there you go thank you so much for listening thank you so much for giving your time and energy to this uh and i will talk to you real soon i'll be back uh, around the same time next week so take care travel travel safely travel travel gently and don't be afraid to hold yourself if you need holding don't be afraid to mind yourself if you need minding you can, you can give that gift to yourself. I'll talk to you real soon. All the best. Take care. Bye.